This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. We're back. Hey, Jen, how are you? Same, Same as I was. Same <laughs> 15 minutes ago when we did part one of this episode. And then we decided to do part two because it was so interesting. Same as I was, you know, <laughs> 15 minutes ago. Just okay, well. hopped up on my latte well, still. It, it's a week later for everyone else. So I hope you all had oh, a lovely right. week. And I'm here so, we are. <laughs> so so self-centered of me. I apologize. So, wow, wow. Wow. And what do you do when someone's not doing the work and they're being self-centered? Okay. Right. There it is. But I want to start out. So this is part two of what the heck do you do when you're working your ass off, growing and healing, feeling all the uncomfortable things. And you know what? You got these other people in your life you love very dearly and they they maybe aren't doing shit or maybe they're just not doing it at the same uh, level or maybe we just don't like what they're doing. Right. So many but, options. Yes. But you know what? I wanted to start with another question that I really liked because I think it kind of starts out on a little bit of a positive note. And I love that someone wrote this in, which is tips for enjoying family members who refuse to do the work. They're not saying tips for how to never fucking talk to this person again. <laughs> They're like, shit, man, I want to make this work. I'd like to have my relationship. And so, like, how do I actually enjoy it and not be resentful of them? What do you got? What's your tip? I have a few, but I want to hear yours. So the first thing that comes to my mind is I think so often in relationships, we're 
we quickly jump to like, here are the things that I can't stand. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that jump out to us as opposed to like, what are the times that I do enjoy being with them? Like what, how can I connect with this person? Maybe, maybe it's not in the ways I connect in other relationships. Maybe I can't get deep with them. Maybe we can't talk about certain topics, right? Maybe we can joke around. Maybe we can do activities together. So I think that really sifting through, like, what are the times that I do enjoy being with them and pulling those out, right? Yeah. And where there are times that bring up the fact that there are discrepancies in the work that you're doing and the work that they're doing, maybe you don't engage in those as much. That's my thought, that I think pull, pull out the things that really have worked in your relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, let's have an example of this so people yeah. understand what we're talking about, right? So let's say you have someone in your life who you really want them to work on the relationship with drinking. Maybe you don't go to bars with them. Maybe you have someone in life that you really like, oh, like, why are you still with this jerk? I hate going on double dates. Maybe you just hang out with them individually, right? Maybe, you know, my mom is always on my ass about having kids. Maybe you don't go to your cousin's baby shower with her. Maybe you don't go to a park. Maybe you go to nowhere there's children. (laughs) Strip club. Maybe you go to... Maybe you definitely go to a strip club. <laughs> that sounds definitely I think that's like the, the right only thing. option. Yes. <laughs> yes. But one of the things, right? Like, okay, like I had this friend. I can't really go deep with her. I wanted to. And so, you know, maybe all we can do is sit on the couch and watch reality TV together. And like what we can really do is gossip about like the Real Housewives. That could be you better. And that is fine. Different relationships serve different things for us. I might have some people in my life that I can't, I like, like philosophically, just like don't believe the same things. I'm not going to have those deep conversations with them if I'm not like leaving like soul fulfilled the way I maybe would with someone else. That does not mean they're a bad friend. It doesn't mean they're a villain. It doesn't mean anything. It means that there's different parts of them that I relate to. And so I'm going to interact with those parts. I think that's a, you know, sometimes a misconception we have is that like all our relationships have to be the same in order for them to be fulfilling. I don't think that's true. Just as you're saying, Em, you know, I think that there are different parts of us that can be fulfilled from different kinds of relationships. I think it's something to normalize. I think that that it's okay to have different types of relationships. It's okay to not get very deep in all of your relationships. It's okay to do one thing with one friend and another thing with another friend and not be able to cross those two. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just something to normalize and say is okay. It doesn't mean that they're any less important to you or that those relationships are any less special. I just think it's okay to put them in different places in your life. Mm. I like that. Me too. So, okay. So tips for enjoy family members. What if you were to say, what are the parts of them that I do enjoy? What's the parts that we have a lot of fun together? What works for us? Maybe we're not the people that just like go out to eat and like have conversation. Like maybe we need like a little bit more help in facilitating that conversation. So maybe you do activities with them, right? Like maybe, you know, they're like, oh, really negative. Maybe you're not going to go to hike with them because they complain the whole time. Like whatever it is, like what are the parts of them that I love and I relate to and that I want to make work? And then what are the parts that like I leave feeling like really drained from? And how do I navigate around that? Like what if we were to just like look at people as lots of different parts? Mm. Let's answer this one. <laughs> this is a really tough one. And I think, unfortunately, probably it, other people experience this. How to respond to an unhealthy dad who threatens self-harm or suicide. When we have someone in our life who threatens hurt as a way to bring us closer, that is manipulation. It is. They might not be the healthiest person. They might be cognizant of it. They might even be 
under the influence or using a substance when they do it. But it is incredibly manipulative and it's unhealthy. Right. And you have to say to yourself, if somebody does that, one, I can say, okay, dad, so I'm going to send the police to your house for a wellness check. If you, if I really think you're going to hurt yourself, then I have to call and do something about this, right? Because I really don't want anything. I think sometimes people, they do this as threats. And they've done it for so long. What if we were to take people really seriously? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, if it is manipulative, that it's worked in a lot of ways, because that's scary. That is so terrifying to hear yeah. from your dad or anyone to say like, hey, yeah. I'm going to hurt myself. And so we're quick to jump on that and say, hey, what can I do? You know, like call them. And so it works, right? It does bring us closer to them because we're fearful. We don't want anything to happen to them. Yeah. And we feel like, oh, well, what if this is the one time he does it? Right. right. Like, that's the fear, right? It's like, oh, but what if this and time it's different? And yeah. And is that, I think there's a lot of fear around if I don't, if I don't take this seriously, is it my responsibility? Did I do something wrong? And so I think that taking it seriously is saying, I'm going to call the police to do a wellness check because it isn't Mm. your responsibility, you know, and you can say, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to make sure that you get the help that you need. As opposed to if it is manipulative that you calling them and you getting you it, it actually working you going towards them you saying okay I'm gonna I'm gonna sit with you I'm gonna be with you because then yeah. I hear you I'm gonna take this seriously yeah and so it's a different way and it's uncomfortable and I think it's also like okay so then what if they're mad at me let them be mad at you let them be mad at you and what I, will happen yeah I think that's a big thing is that there's a fear of okay, if I don't do this, the person's going to be mad at me. And we try to avoid that as opposed to let them be mad at you. Let them sit and see if you can sit in that discomfort. Yeah. Right. Do we keep trying or we just give up? When is it too much? Oof. So I would want to know, I first would want to know what is trying look like, right? What is trying? Uh, we mentioned in the first episode that sometimes we believe trying is like yelling at the person, right? It's in the heat of an argument, we're telling them to do their own work as opposed to really sitting down and saying, this is really important to me. And so I want to know what's trying for you. What does that look like? And Mm. does the person know how serious you are? Do they know how important it is? Do they actually know you're at the end of your rope, right? If If you're asking us this question, clearly you're getting to the end of your rope. And I think we're, I think the term like ultimatum is people have a lot of fear around that where I think that like ultimatums are only a problem if they're just manipulative, right? If they're not real, as opposed to if this doesn't change, I actually am going to leave and I want you to know that, right? That's okay to say. You're just being honest. You're, that is your truth. And so I think it's important to let people know when you actually are at the end of your rope, because then it gives them the opportunity to make a change. And then if not, then you make a decision. But Mm -hmm. I think people really have to know that you're at that place. Esther Perel is a great quote. All people will be married four or five times in their life. And if you're lucky, it's with the same person. Relationships change and grow. Right now, my husband and I are working on ending our relationship version one and moving into something better and so i think what you can also say is like i'm ready to fucking end this 
and I need something new. And are you coming? I want to make something new with you. Right? When is it too much is when you're the only one doing the work. When it's too much is when you are carrying the whole ship. When it's too much is when it is um, filtering into every other aspect of life and hurting everything else. It is too much when it has led into just really, really difficult mental health. It's too much when um, children are being hurt from it and other people are at risk. Right? Those are all indicators of too much. And also, sometimes it's not that bad. Sometimes we're just not happy. And it feels horrible to say, and we feel like it should be so incredibly horrible, right? Like there should be like abuse or drinking or like all of these other like really big things for it to be reason enough for something to end. And it doesn't have to be that. Sometimes it could just be because like, holy shit, I change in all these ways and that's it for me. So I think, and this will go into our next episode at one point, how terrifying change is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoever is listening to this i apologize for that <laughs> i apologize for that <laughs> i uh i think that <laughs> making that change <laughs> is so scary for people that that's that's why i think this question comes up a lot and you know what i think so, another thing we can talk about um because we're couples therapists is that we see, you know, something something that we see in couples therapy is that sometimes couples will come in and it is so clear that one person is more willing to do the work than the other person and that the other person might just be there to save face. That's one instance. There's another yeah. there's other instances in which that still might be the case initially. But the other person still wants to do the work, but it, they're slower to warm up to therapy. So that I think if you are in couples therapy and you're experiencing that, to know that sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get both people really invested. But then there's other times in which the partner just does not want to work on it. They don't want to work. And I think that that's something to really talk about if you're in couples therapy of like, I this isn't happening, right? There, there are no changes that are happening. We've been at this for six months. Nothing is different. And I think that's something to acknowledge. Yeah. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? <laughs> it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. 
Just go to hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. This one's a family one. Okay. For my brother, how do I encourage him to go to therapy and get sober? I love you and I'm worried about your use. I love you and would you be willing to talk to someone? I love you and I love you and I love you and I love you and here's the way that affects me. Here's the ways I'm concerned. Here's what I see. Sometimes we do not see what is happening. One of the most beautiful things we can give people sometimes is honestly, honesty, honesty, honestly, honesty. <laughs> and if that's not how would you say it I, I was gonna say if that's not working right you'd say i love you i'm concerned about your drinking unless this changes i'm not gonna be in contact with you then you set the hard boundary yeah you know that mm -hmm. is where you set the hard boundary if nothing's changing if it's affecting your relationship affecting things that you really see them going down a bad path yeah. you really see that they they're they're in huge danger you set that boundary. People need tough love in order to make changes. And you love this person. And I think that it's so important to hold them accountable too. Mm. How to get them to understand you're doing the work and part of that is them listening. My script, I would say, is I want to tell you stuff. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you about this thing I discovered. And I'm going to ask you to not respond and just hear me. Would you be willing to just listen with no response? And then you also have to make sure you check your own anxiety that you can actually sit in no response. <laughs> part of God, being, that's so true. Part of being heard is allowing yourself to be heard and then not letting your anxiety take over and be like, okay, well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you have to say about this? Because then you just ask this person to listen and now you're asking for a response, right? And you're undoing all of that, all of that communication you just did. Uh-huh. And also part of getting people to listen is not unbridled self-expression, as Terry Real would say. <laughs> if I What's that am telling like? you, if I am telling you a chapter book and I'm saying you can't respond to that, is that fair? If I'm telling you a chapter book, you want me to listen to a whole thing. Can I get two sentences? Can I get a spark notes? You know what? Right. You know what? Um 
Do you ever see those, uh, me, I don't know if it's a meme or like things where, where it's someone like recording someone who's like writing a text message and it's the longest text message and they're like, yes. Oh, wouldn't want to be on the other end of that. That is an example of unbridled self-expression <laughs> through text. That, right? It's a very good example. Right. And like in every relationship, right. Okay. So like in my relationship, my couple's therapist, I'm allowed two sentences. My husband's allowed two paragraphs because <laughs> he needs that space to process and get to it. I am a very quick processor, right? So even Jen in our interactions, one sentence, two paragraphs. <laughs> and that's not unfair. That's the difference between equality and equity. Yes. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing is that so because I will ask this from my partner, right? Like, cause he's quick to be like, oh, let me give you all the solutions, fix it, right? And so I will say to him, hey, will you just sit and listen? I don't need, I don't need advice. I don't need, I just need you to listen. And then when he's giving me the space to do so, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. That's what I mean. Like you have to then say like, okay, I asked for this and I have to actually like receive it. Because, because also if you're not used to processing that quickly, sometimes it takes some time to get it out too. So give yourself the space. So I have had to explain to my husband, hey, I process things internally and then I say them, right? And then I, and so when we're having a conversation, he's a quick processor like you am, and he's just saying whatever's coming to his mind, right? And so I have had to explain to him, this is how I process things. I'm going to take some time to think about this and I'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. We, Emily and I have had this in our relationship too a lot with, um, like she'll present an idea to me and I will, we're so good. We have such a good process with this now. And, sh and I will- But it didn't used to be. No, and now, but now, but we know each other so well now. Yeah. But before it could have ended up with me bulldozing you. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and I, I didn't realize either. Right. And also I didn't either. You know, like yeah. I don't, I think we're so aware of it now, like where you will say something and I will say to her, let me think about it. She gives me the space to think about it. And then we That's talk hard through for me it too. Yeah. And you do such a good job. But I should say like, rightly, that's what I mean. It's like, there's nothing wrong with you that it's hard for you. It's uncomfortable. It's weird. When you're the fast processor, you think, I think especially when you go to the place of like, oh, they're mad at me, right? Like, so sometimes I'll like say an idea to Jen. It takes her a while. And I'm like, oh, she hates it. She just doesn't want to tell me. Like, I start like making up stories in my head. I would tell and you like, if I hated something. But sometimes it takes you a while to decide that you hated it. It does. No, it absolutely Where does. I'm like, you'll send me something. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you have sent to... me something last week. You sent me like, oh, it was like a plant stand yeah, thing. And yeah. I was like, absolutely no, I fucking it. not. I hate it. Yeah. I'm like, I'll look at something and I'll be like, mm, let me think about mm. it. It'll take me like a while. Like I'll really okay, have to think about it. Here's the thing though. Because of my past, I used to do that when I hated something, but I was too people pleasing to say no. Oh. So I then read into times when you have asked for that and make up stories in my head about okay last week i bought these <laughs> the mushrooms oh, oh I, was, I bought these like <laughs> i let me just say i was out to dinner <laughs> i know i that's what i'm saying though like it's stories we make up in our mind right so like okay here's a really <laughs> good example this. this is such a good one we're opening you up were, you were you were definitely spiraling but spiraling <laughs> i wasn't spiraling that much because i was like in a pretty good headspace but like i could but i had the intro of it and i like brought myself back down right okay we got really excited for this new location that we have so excited it's really big it's in a beautiful place in philadelphia we get to decorate it it's really the first time in our careers that we've opened up um an office that we've had a little bit financial freedom more than we've ever had right before i mean you all know how we started rented fucking furniture um my brother we said my, my brother was getting divorced from his first marriage we took all the fucking furniture and that furnished actually 
We should post the for because no. you just no okay never mind. We should no. It's so funny. So like the one was like literally like a like a fucking like broken leather chair from IKEA, and it was like held up by like I kid you not like two bricks. Um and. <laughs> was so bad it was so bad it was free (laughs) and so when you go into a therapist's office and you're like this is so ugly i want you to remember therapists do not have a ton of extra money to be putting towards decor right give them whatever yes we're very very excited about this new office and we also are doing a really cool staff lounge for our clinicians our clinicians are just the most amazing place in the world sometimes it's really good to have a place to like when you're in the same office all day, it can, it can get intense, right? It can so get we, isolating, we too. Isolating so for them too, yeah. to be able to, like, be together, hang out, yes. have space for themselves is really important. Hang out, right? yeah. So we're, like, doing the staff lounge. And we're excited that, like, the rest of the office is going to kind of go on brand. But the staff lounge is going to be like, a little bit more funky, right? So I bought these two mushroom ottomans. They're shaped like mushrooms. They're very cute. I said it to Jen. I was like, listen, you can't say shit because I paid with it. They're so cheap. So I was like, I paid with them with my own money because it was very inexpensive. I was like, you can't say shit, right? She didn't answer. She's at dinner. <laughs> Like a normal human being is in the evening that doesn't put their kids to bed at seven o'clock. Okay. And I'm like, oh, she's not saying anything because she hates it. She was like drinking. She's at dinner. Like the next day, she's like, what did you even send me? I didn't fucking look at it. Love it. Adorable. Like didn't even give a shit. Right. But because for many parts of my life, I would say like, oh, like, let me think about that as a way of, of um, buying time to people, please. As opposed to I don't like it, I automatically have had a habit of reading into other people's behavior. Wow. And so that is how we can project onto others. Was that so hard with me at the beginning? Like the beginning of our relationship? Yeah. I guess we weren't making as many decisions as we are now. Yeah. I think it was really different. I mean, we had such little, like, Jen, it we wasn't, had no there money. Was no, there was no decisions. It was like, we were just like, well, how can we afford? This? Here's the furniture you can rent, or we know somebody who's moving who's getting rid of something. Like right. that was it. Yeah, those were. There were no decisions. It was like, we'll take what we can get. There was no decisions. So, I, so it wasn't as hard at the beginning. Now, it, it, and thank God, we're we're in the place we are now in our relationship to make big decisions yes. and stuff. So yeah, but okay, but also even this week we had to buy show go to the store to buy all the flooring. <laughs> we literally just went to the cheapest options. <laughs> but it's still beautiful. Still beautiful. We still save money, but we make it beautiful. We literally like what is under $3 a square foot. That was like, that's every decision. So exciting. But like how exciting that we get to pick out any type of flooring. Any type of flooring. Very exciting. Okay. So ask for listening. You have to actually take it. What I asked for, we can't put our partners or, or anyone in our life, any relationship in a double bind, right? A double bind is where I say I want something from you and then I reject it when you give it to me. And then they're like, oh, the fuck? I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Right. And when we're uncomfortable asking for what we need, we can often put people in double binds. And when we have this like other like who we are and what we're feeling, like when your insides don't match your outsides is when you can often get into double binds. And it's like it can be so vulnerable, right, to finally get what you need when you have been in this dynamic where you haven't been getting what you need in certain interactions you're finally getting what you need, it opens up such a vulnerable space for you. And so you try to fill that space, right? It starts to bring up this anxiety of like, now I have this space, what do I do with it? And so that might be something that takes time to get used to, right? And so if you're slower to process, it might take you a longer time to say like, okay, let me, give me some time to get these words out, right? Like give me some Mm -hmm. time to say what I need. And so it might take a few tries. It's okay if it takes a little bit of time and you need some practice with it. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? 
Okay, I, I like this one. How to help people in hard times, example like grieving, without getting sucked in or a mesh less predified, finding it hard to balance with my mom. Mm. There's going to be times throughout a developmental relationship cycle where there's closeness and when there's separateness, right? Closeness. Death, children, weddings, like, you know, like some developmental milestones. Often the family comes close and then there's also individuality. We separate a little bit. Okay. It is normal even when there's been a lot of enmeshment, to be closer at times of developmental change, like grieving. It doesn't mean it's enmeshed. But what you do want to say is, one, am I like, how is it really to, for me to support someone without completely taking care of them? Am I crossing boundaries with how I'm doing that? Are they crossing boundaries with how we're doing it? And how am I feeling after the interactions? Right? You're right. It's a delicate balance, and it's also not perfect. Relationships are living, breathing things. They change every single day. So is the relationship with anyone else in your life. I wonder for this person if um, being enmeshed and parentified is a little bit of a wound for you. And so when you are called to be there for someone, there's a fear of, especially if you have if you have done all this work to be able to set these boundaries, to be able to take care of yourself, to be able to understand this, there can, that wound can be opened up a little bit when you're called to be there for someone, especially a parent who maybe parentified you to begin with. When you are called to be there for them, support them emotionally, that can be a little triggering for that if that has been present in your relationship in the past. So this might be a really good time to also be processing through that with a therapist, right? Like how do I continue to find that balance between being there for my mom, but not getting sucked back in and also being able to take care of myself as those wounds within me are being reopened. And so I think that that's hard because I think it can be re-triggering in a lot of ways if you have been parentified by this person and they are going through something and you want to be there for them. So I love what you said, Em, about Figuring out what that looks like, like how do I be there for this person without getting completely sucked into it? Mm -hmm. And those mm -hmm. boundaries might need to change. What they looked like when you were younger have to be very different than what they are now. Like you're mm -hmm. an adult, you get to set those boundaries, you get to define what that means. That doesn't mean you are not being there or supporting that person who's going through this grieving. And I think that that might be something to reprocess. Fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair 
cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Well, on the topic of reprocess, we have to reprocess a question somebody asked it and we're going to have to rewrite it for them. Somebody wrote in my parents, how do I make them change or apologize? I, I have to edit this question for you because the question needs to be, how do I grieve that my parents won't change or apologize? How do I accept that my parents won't change or apologize? How do I navigate the relationship with my parents while I realize that they won't change or apologize? We have to edit those. That hurts. I know. It hurts. It's true. No, but it's so true. And I think it it hurts because it's hard to be in that place and and learn that that's going to happen, that that you have to go from expecting them to change to grieving that they're not going to change. And I also want to say, I think that that's a long process that happens. I think you go through so many ups and downs with that where you get to the place where you're like, okay, maybe they're changing a little or they're not, you know, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to grieve this. I'm going to accept this. And then you might get sucked back into it. So I think that that's a process that you go through for a long period of time in your relationships. And I think that the grieving, sometimes the grieving can feel harder than holding on to this hope. And so I think that it makes sense that you're wanting to stay away from the grief because grief can be so painful. It's hard to say, oh, my parents didn't give me what I needed growing up. You know, like I really needed so much more than I was getting from them. 
And I'm going to have to grieve that. And what do I do with that? Right? Like at that point, what do I do with that? Those now, now you're like, you're an open wound. And how do I take care of myself and that? How do I reparent myself? But sometimes holding on to hope can keep you on a hamster wheel that never ends. Never. Always trying to control something that's out of your control. Yeah. And that will never happen. Oh, God. We feel for you. Yeah. I kind of want to cry. Um. You can. The space <laughs> Thanks, is here. Thanks, babe. <sighs> How do you bring it up when it seems like they're completely oblivious that the balance is off? Well, is the balance being off benefiting them? Oof. Oof. I wish you could drop your mic, but it would fuck up our audio. (laughs) But drop white out. (laughs) I I like how you just dropped it. Yeah. Okay. Great question. What year is it? Why do you have white out? (laughs) What are you writing? And why do you have white out? Also, I love that you're dropping it into your hand so that it doesn't make a loud noise. noise Wow. Really kind. All right, Jen, you take that. How do we bring it up? When it seems like they're completely oblivious and the balance is off. Like I said, you need to bring it up at a time in which you are not activated. Mm. And here's the thing. If it's benefiting them and it's not benefiting you, you still get to bring it up, right? Yeah. It, you don't have to come to the same conclusion on this. You are yeah. part of the relationship. And so you get to say, hey, I know this, is, this might be working for you. It's not working for me. I'm not happy here. Something has to change or I'm going to continue to not be happy in this, right? So I think that that's a misconception in our relationships is that we need to agree that the, that the balance is off, right? If the balance is off, then they are probably benefiting from it. And so- I wouldn't want to change either. Right, who would? <laughs> but if you're unhappy, that means something. And it's, it, listen, it's just going to build. That shit is just going to build unless you do something about it. I know it's uncomfortable. I would also ask yourself, what is the fear of bringing it up? What's the worry about how they're going to react or what's going to happen if Mm -hmm. homeostasis is thrown off? What will happen? And so, Mm -hmm. but I can promise you pushing it down or ignoring it doesn't make it go away. Nope. Uh, Nope. Nope. (laughs) All right. We're getting towards the end of our episode. Jen, choose. Let's get two more. Let's get two more in. Okay. I I like this, but I want to figure out what it means. We might have to sift through it a little bit. Okay. How to get deeper without therapizing from a fellow therapist. We've talked about this. We had an interaction, right? One of us yelled at the other, like, don't fucking therapize. Did you? When was that? Who was it? I don't even know which side it was. It was in, it was in grad school. Okay. I remember remember it. It was in grad school. We were on my couch. I remember everything about it. You, we were on my couch. You were talking about your relationship, Aaron. You and Aaron were long distance. And I just started going into therapy mode because I didn't realize that that wasn't something we were doing. <laughs> and you were like, I don't need, you were like, I, listen, I, I don't want you to be a therapist right now. I don't think you said don't be a fucking therapist. I would have been like, oh, yeah, my word. But, but yeah, I think that that's a balance you have to find in your relationships. You have to. I have learned in my relationship with my husband that I cannot talk to him like a therapist. Yeah. Doesn't work. It's also not part of what works about the therapeutic relationship is it's consent. Right. You People aren't consenting to be therapized by you when they don't sign your consent of release. <laughs> They're not your client. 
right? Yeah. So I often have, uh, so I, I do this with a lot of my friends where they might reach out to me for something and I say to them, ask permission. Do you want my therapeutic advice or do you want my friend advice? Most of them will always say, obviously, I want your therapeutic advice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's a good point. But advice, just giving unprecedented advice, like unrequested advice, like it, you are like violating someone's boundaries, right? So like say I would want always ask permission, which part of me do you want me to bring to this? Or what they're saying is like, how to get deeper without therapizing them. Say to them, like, I want some more depth. There is play a game. The amount of motherfucking games that have come out. Our friend Mac has a wonderful uh, card game about depth. Um, there's the 36 um, questions to fall in love. They are great things to say, like, let's do this. Like, I want to have some more depth in our relationship. I want it to be consensual. I want us to be doing it together and choice together. Would you want to one night open uh, a bottle of um, Fanta? Fanta? <laughs> alcohol. I didn't want to make it about alcohol. If you want to like sit outside, um, listen to some music and play one of these games with me. Hopped up on sugar. Hopped up on sugar. Right? But like, like that's consent. That is getting depth. And there are so many different... Esther Perel, I think, has a game. I mean, there's like literally like a million of these depth games now. Just Google. Google in-depth games. Um. I also, especially when I'm meeting new people, I will say, I'll make a joke out of it and say, hey, I'm sorry, I have no social skills because I'm a therapist. Like, stop me if I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> like, so I will say if I'm, if I'm going to, like, please stop me. Or I'll say, like, I don't know if this is too deep, but blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, here's the other thing, right? Like, then it's also, like, one-sided, right? So you're talking about getting deep, getting deep, relating to people. Two people, relationship, right? If I'm just therapizing you, it's a one-way relationship. I might be, you might be getting deep, but I'm not. And then we're not actually getting deep together. Right. And if you're a therapist. But Jen, I have watched Jen every, I've never gone to a bar with Jen that she doesn't end up in the corner talking to someone about their mom issues. I mean, it is, she, sometimes you cannot turn it off. I just, it's because I love I'm like, don't come near me. It's because I love it. I love it so. You love I it. I love it. Right? But don't you think it's not, it's not real. I mean, you're going deep with them, but they're not with you. They're not asking questions back to Cause you. Who, who wants that? <laughs> I don't. So that's what I was going to say, is that I think that being in the therapist role can feel more comfortable in a lot of ways. Yes. That it's so much easier for you to give, for someone else, for you to open up the space for someone else to be vulnerable with you. But the real relationship comes where you're both vulnerable with each other. And I think that's something to ask yourself is like, what are these relationships that you're building? Are they fulfilling for you? Are you actually being vulnerable with them? Or they, do they just feel safe for you because they're being vulnerable with you and you are not opening up to them? So I think that's a really good point. I think that it's easier, especially for therapists who are on one side of it, to say it's so much easier for me to, to allow them to be vulnerable than to be vulnerable myself. Yeah. Since today's episode was a fun, spontaneous episode, we don't have a Dear Em and Jen. So I, I'm going to say one. Do it. Because <laughs> I think this is what people actually want to be saying. <laughs> Dear Em and Jen, I desperately want depth, connection, love, and intimacy in my relationships. I don't know how to get that with some people in my life. What do I do? Because that's what I think we're really saying, right? Yes. This is all coming from a place of love and belonging. So guess what? You're human. 
It is literally part of being a human being is the need for connection and intimacy. Intimacy is not just romantic intimacy, right? Sex, I, I don't even like the word physical intimacy, like, right? Like, let's just say, like, sex is fucking sex. Intimacy is like fucking We're depth, deep baby. in it. Yes. It is healing. It is powerful. It is so filling. It is truly like, fuck, man. Like, I am hungry for some intimacy and you fulfill me and you make yeah. me full. Yeah. And we all deserve to have people in our life that give that to us. And it takes work. In our relationships early on, it was easy, right? Like, remember, like, when you're, like, a little kid, you just, like, fucking laugh. And, like, you can make this friend, you just, like, laugh together and you're doing, like, stupid shit and it's awesome. Or do you remember when you would have, like, you would talk to someone on the phone for, like, hours in high school? I would, like, fall asleep talking to, like, a dude on the phone. And what were you even talking about, what right? What the hell were we talking about? But here's the thing. <laughs> we let ourselves have it earlier in life. It's all the other shit that fucks us up and makes it so hard in adulthood. So that part of you, your inner child part, knows you want and need belonging. And that's what I want to encourage you to do, to relate to your relationships, to have real intimacy. And if you're not getting it in your romantic relationship, in your friendships, to one, speak up for yourself. And two, two people to start a dynamic, one person to change it. If you need more depth, start being more deep in them. Start being honest. Start saying that. Start saying really uncomfortable shit that scares you and see where it gets you. I don't have a follow-up to that. That was beautiful. <laughs> and that's our episode. Even in that East Coast accent. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, thanks for listening to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. What do you got, Jen? Oh, I'm going again? Come on. You're getting so good. Thank you. I love the practice. Thank you for listening. If you think someone would benefit from this episode, send it on over to them. If you want to open up a conversation with them about them doing the work, send it on over to them. Listen to Turn it on in the car when you're with them and say, hey, whoa, just surprise them. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts. If you are looking to see a therapist, we have some incredible therapists in person in our Westchester, Pennsylvania office and in person in our Philadelphia office. Our new location is opening up mid-October. We are also um, seeing clients virtually in states of Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Florida, California, Massachusetts. Did I miss any? Nope. And never forget... <laughs> To grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Thank you so much. We love you and we appreciate you tuning in. See you next week. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. 
So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.